Well, yeah, I just kind of like signed up and my goal was just to finish it. I mean, it was like by far the longest thing I'd ever done. Um, and that kind of ties into like why I'm now getting into the ultra thing. Like I really enjoyed the training just to finish a race. Yeah. Um, and that's much more what like ultras are aligned to, in my opinion, just, you know, get totally. to the finish line. It's not necessarily um, like who's first, who's last. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like just get out there. Yeah. Just, just finish. And I really enjoyed that part of it. Welcome to the Sonico Project, hosted by myself, Travis Marshall, and Pat Forstall. The purpose of our show is to talk with those that have inspired us and discuss challenges in life, past and present. We hope these stories push you to chase new challenges and press on. Overall, we hope to build a community that lives out our mantra of someday never comes. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. All right, team. Welcome to uh, another episode of the Sonico Project. We are uh, pumped to have a good friend and guest on the show today, Jesse Burrows. Quick little back background on Jesse. Jesse grew up in Alabama, uh, went to Auburn for undergrad, road crew in college, uh, amongst playing other sports growing up, and uh, has recently really stepped up his endurance and running game, uh, running Boston Marathon this year. And then uh, just crushing the JFK 50 miler. Uh, Jesse and I met in business school and we're also members of the same church. So we see each other a ton and become good friends. And he ran the Georgia Jewel with us as well. So uh, it's been really fun to have him on board with us uh, as we've been getting this thing going. So pumped to have you today, Jesse. Yeah, thank you guys for for having me. This is a another first for me, my first podcast performance ever alongside my first 50 miler a couple weeks ago. So a lot of firsts happening. I love it, dude. Well, this is, I think this is what, it's like my fifth podcast. So you're not too far behind <laughs> us. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so kind of the pur- purpose of the show today is do a little bit of a recap of like uh 50 miler, um, talk about like how we came up on that journey and what the journey was like. So first, um, it'd be good to get a little background on Jesse because Jesse, I'm, I mean, I am inspired by your story. I think it's pretty sick to so one thing to like run, you know, there's a couple different ways to get to Boston, um, to run the Boston Marathon, but to hit a qualifying time is pretty special. So what what would do you remember? I'm sure you do. What was your qualifying time to get to Boston? Yeah, I ran a two fifty seven oh five at the Grandma's Marathon up in Duluth, Minnesota. Good lord, yes. man! And, and how many? What like what number marathon was that for you? Uh, that was my third marathon. That's sweet. So, so well, yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess I can kind of like. I can go through like the kind of the backstory, the qualification process briefly, if you want to. Yeah. Um, I would yeah. love to hear a little bit like running kind of running background in general too. Like, you know, did you, did you run cross country growing up? Like were, have you always been a runner or how'd you get into it? Um, yeah. So I guess starting from the very beginning. So my dad uh, has always run marathons as long as I can remember. Um, I mean, when I was, you know, a toddler, he would, he'd be one of those guys pushing me in like a running stroller down the street while he's training for his marathons. So I kind of just always was exposed to running and, you know, he was always doing marathons. We would go as a family, you know, on weekend trips to his races and spend time in new places and watch him run and stuff. So, I mean, it was always kind of in my mind, 
I guess kind of like subconsciously that one day I could run marathons. Um, but growing up, I mainly played soccer. That was my main sport. So um, in Alabama, soccer is played in the spring for the school season. Um, but so in the fall, I was looking for something to stay in shape and, you know, just get ready for the coming soccer season. So I, I ran cross country, just kind of like not very competitively, just really as a way to spend time with my friends and get in shape for soccer season. Um, but I actually ended up, I realize now that I enjoyed those times in cross country, just hanging out with my friends, um, going to races and stuff as much or more than any soccer that I ever played. So, um, you know, obviously I graduated from high school and didn't play soccer anymore. didn't go play college. So, um, all I had left to do to get that like competitive outlet was running. Um, so that's when I, I ran my first marathon in college. Um, and yeah, and like growing up with my dad running marathons and stuff, you know, he doesn't, he never really tried to qualify for Boston or anything. He just wanted to finish them. So, you know, running Boston was always kind of looked at as this like unachievable kind of goal that like, oh, yeah. oh man, those guys are, those guys are so fast. Like how do people do that? Um, but yeah, like in my first job out of college, uh, wasn't really challenged very much in the job. So it was kind of like, I needed something to kind of challenge myself for. So I just tried to start running as fast as I could just after work, just to, kind of just to feel something and uh well real quick yeah that, i mean i'm on that first marathon you ran did you did you train yeah. pretty hard for it? is that one that you kind of signed up and just like gutted it out well yeah i just kind of like signed up and my goal was just to finish it i mean it was like by far the longest thing i'd ever done um and that kind of ties into like why i'm now getting into the ultra thing like i really enjoyed the training just to finish a race yeah. Um, and that's much more what like ultras are aligned to, in my opinion, just, you know, get totally. to the finish line. It's not necessarily um, like who's first, who's last. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And like just get the, out there. Yeah. Just, just finish. And I really enjoyed that part of it. That's cool. And when you, and then you were talking about like just running as fast as you can after work. So what, what did that look like? I mean, were you literally just like run like sprints and stuff like that? Or would you go out for like a five mile run and just like 170 beats per minute heartbeat, just kind of as fast as you could? Yeah. I mean, I was just like in a really like boring job, like kind of dead end thing. I mean, you know, it's exactly what I went to school for, but it was just like not very enjoyable. Um, and so, yeah, I would just like sit in my office all day and be like, I cannot wait to go like beat myself up on a hill or something and just go like crank out a hill workout or, you know, hit seven miles at six minute pace or something. Like I would just think of these things to try to go do after work just to nice. give myself to, you know, just get something out of myself each day. Um, and so by the time I ran a half marathon with some friends from here in Atlanta, we went down to Hilton head and ran a half marathon down there in, I guess, November of 21. Mm. Um, and that was when I was like in really good shape from doing these like really fast, you know, after work workouts, just to not really training for anything in particular yet. Um, but so we go down to this half marathon. I'm, I decided I'm like, all right, I'm just going to like send it at this thing and just, see what happens and you know i might collapse at mile 10 or something but i'm just gonna run as fast as i can um i ended up coming in second and second place overall at that half running you remember your time 122 nice that's um, so impressive yeah so like but then after that like that got the ball rolling in my head i started doing these like online you know pace calculator things like you enter in your half marathon pace and it tells you what your marathon pace would be. And my, it like one of those calculators spit out like 256 or something. And I was like, Whoa. 
like that's a that's a Boston qualifying time. So I was like, he could maybe actually try to do this and make it for real, you know. Um, so yeah, the next year I was like still at that same job, still needing like something to get me through the each day just to like look forward to. And so I wanted to actually train for something. Um, and yeah, like I was kind of motivated by that half marathon performance to, to try to make a Boston qualifier time happen. And, uh, my dad, like he still runs and everything. He had always wanted to run grandma's marathon. Mm -hmm. That had kind of been his, one of his bucket list races for a while. And it's one that people, people think of as like a very good one to try to qualify at. Um, and so, yeah, we just put it on the calendar. Yeah. It's flat and it's like, it's in June up in Northern Minnesota. So it's like perfect weather, like 60 degrees, clear weather, right on the shore of Lake Superior. I mean, it's beautiful. So, um, we just put, we just put on the calendar. I've like got a really rigid training plan on this, on the books and yeah, just made it happen. Went to the race and everything worked out well. Do you remember the, do you remember your time, uh, for the first marathon you did in college? Uh, it was a three forty five. That's an impressive first time. I, what like kind of what stands yeah. out to me with some of that too is like you went into all of it without this strict plan. I think sometimes people can kind of get wrapped around the axle of like, uh, if I want to go run a half marathon, like I need to have everything dialed in. Like I was actually just talking to someone today who has a friend who's like sending them like different watches, like, oh, which watch should I get? Like, hey, what what shoes should I get? And um, it's like there's so many other things to factor in to to like to worry about before you start working on those ancillary things. Um, and like what stood out too is, you know, me and you've talked before how like nutrition hasn't necessarily been always like dialed in. And it's like, those are things that are definitely going to help you, but to get the first one done, you can kind of just go for it. Like you said, just send it and see what happens. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, if you're, if you're not a professional runner, it's extremely hard to like stick to a rigid training plan. Cause, cause like life happens, you know, like you have other responsibilities to take care of. You have, things come up you have places to go people to see but like you know i think that's a good way to like look at it because you go and train as best you can when you can and then you know whatever happens happens from there you remember do you remember your uh training plan for the grandma's marathon like how rigid was that you know how structured how many it, miles a week yeah it was a like so my typical like marathon training plan is like i i try to do like one long run plus like three other runs per week. And then like the three other runs, the shorter runs, their total mileage equals that week's long run mileage. So for example, if like my long run, if my long run is a 16 miler this week, I'll do three other runs that total 16 miles in addition. Um, And so I kind of like kept. That's like very simple and straightforward. Like anyone that's bite size, like four days a week. That's, that's doable. I mean, it's, it's still like a hard thing to do. No doubt. Like when you get up to what, what'd you build up to like a 22? Yeah. 22. And you can, I mean, you can like use that same plan for any pace you want to, which, you know, you can kind of fit, but like for Boston, I did look up some more, like, you know, there, there's things online, like, Hey, my current pace is this. I want to get to this. Like, what do you need to do? And so like, I did work in like one day a week would be like a speed workout or a hill workout or something just because like when you try to run that fast you need to get your legs moving at a certain rate you know to just get your body used to moving that fast for almost three hours yeah yeah 
but yeah, so like the grandma's marathon, everything just like worked out absolutely perfectly that day. Like I felt great. Weather was perfect. Um, yeah, I was just, you know, I was inspired that day because my dad was also running the marathon. So I got to hang out with him at the start line briefly and stuff. And yeah, everything just worked out super well. Um, then like the thing about Boston is even if you run a BQ time, which for me was three hours, you're not guaranteed to get in even then. And mm. so, you know, you still have to apply. And depending on how many people apply, um, they they cut like a certain number because they have a cap at, I think, 35,000 runners at Boston. Yeah. So if like, you know, 39,000 people apply with a time, uh, they'll shave off 4,000 people just and they'll start going down the list. So like if you run a if you run a 259.59, you're the first guy to get cut off. I guess if you run a three hour flat you're the first guy to get cut off and they just keep going down until they get to that number they want. So like you still have to wait like several months to figure out if you're actually going to run the race. Um, but I applied as soon as I could. And then I think it was like September of that year. They posted on Instagram that everybody who ran a BQ time is accepted to next year's Boston marathon. So I was like, that's when I knew I was in. It was awesome. Nice. Because yeah, yeah, because you that was so that would have been September twenty two. Because that was this year, right? That you ran it. I ran it, yeah, earlier this year. So it was September. It was right after we started school. Yeah, that I found out I was in. That's sweet. And then you, you, you were able to like you trained trained hard for to actually run at Boston, but kind of were able to take in that race a little better too, right? You weren't like super, you know, anxious and dialed in, right? Yeah. And it's just like, it's such a big race and there's so many people there. It's, it's really hard. And unless you're like right at the front, it's really hard to like run really fast um, and get a, you know, a solid time. But uh, yeah, but like with school going on and everything again, like I was talking about earlier, things come up. It was like the busiest several months of my life up to that point. And so the training pretty much fell not to the back seat, but definitely not to the driver's seat as much. Um yeah, so I just like wasn't in quite as good a shape. And uh, I decided kind of just to take whatever time I could get at the race and just enjoy. I mean, it's going to be a once in a lifetime thing for me, you know, to run Boston. So, um, yeah, I remember it was like mile 15 or 16. I realized that my pace that day was pretty unsustainable for the rest of the time. And so I just kind of made the decision to, you know, throttle back a little bit, just kind of like look at all the sights, listen to all the sounds as you're running, you know, this super famous course and uh, just kind of remember it. Cause it'll be something I'll remember for, I mean, honestly, the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah what was the atmosphere like? I've heard it's just absolutely electric. It's insanity. I mean, like not just at the race either. I mean, like from the time you land in the airport in Boston, like I think we got there. So the race is on Monday marathon monday we landed in boston on saturday um i went with like my whole family too which was really fun because my dad actually also ran boston that year which that's a fun little aside so we got to share that as kind of like a family um yeah so we like all flew up there together and we landed in boston and like literally from the time you like walk out of the airplane like the whole city is just turned over for the boston marathon um like there's their colors are blue and yellow for the marathon so like they have blue and yellow balloons all in the airport. They have like every, any hotel you go in in town is just like totally decked out with marathon stuff. The, um, you know, the restaurants in town, like all the, the waiter, the waiters and waitresses will be like, Oh, y'all running the marathon. That's awesome. Like they'll just talk to you about it. It's, it's so cool. Like the, uh, 
whole town like shuts down for that day too. So like everybody is off work, you know, a lot of the race is in residential neighborhoods too. So people will be like just lining their front yards, having these big parties, like the entire course and, you know, just yelling for you and stuff. It's, it's really cool. Awesome. Um, Experience that dude. Yeah. I would, I would love to hear about, so did you use the same training program for, you know, the Georgia jewel, the 35 miler, and then also the JFK 55 miler, or did you do something else? Um, more or less just uh slightly longer mileage. Um, yeah, I would say like I wanted to for the jewel. So for those listening, probably know that Pat and Travis did the 50 miler at the Georgia jewel. I just did the 35 miler at that one. Cause I was building up to the JFK, but, um, just did as in he came top 10 in the 35 miler crushed it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and I had no idea what I was getting into, but, uh, yeah, so my training for that, I just like um kind of the same philosophy. I just wanted to build up pretty slowly, a couple miles additionally each week. And then I decided I was gonna get to a long run of like 26 miles. So a marathon for the jewel. Um, just because I don't think it's like super sustainable to do a bunch of like, you know, 30 mile plus runs back to back weeks or whatever. Um so I think it's better to kind of just cut it off and just save the, the extra effort for the race. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably good. I don't, I mean, for Pat, what, what was your mileage? What'd you get up to for the uh, training for the 50 miler? For the 50, I decided to kind of, I, instead of doing like one super long, like I had in my head, maybe do a 50 K, which would have been like 31 miles. I decided to do like two kind of like a back-to-back long run. So I did, on a Thursday, I ran 18. On a Friday, I ran four. And on a Saturday, I ran 18. So over a three-day period, it was 40 miles. Um, and I got to, f- you know, two long runs in and also got to f- experience like running 18 miles on really tired legs on a Saturday. So I thought that was good. Um, you know, hindsight, maybe maybe doing like a 50K tune-up or a 50K run at some point would be good. And um, yeah, what about you, Travis? What was your longest? I didn't, I did not plan for this at all. I I literally, I think I did a 15 miles, yeah, like 13 or 15 miles. Like, yeah, I definitely didn't prepare myself for the 50 mile at all, but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Pat, you made a so fun. So yeah. I was just going to say like, Pat, you made a good statement there. Like the important thing is learning how to run when your legs are really tired. If you yeah. want to get into ultras, because, um, for the 50 that's one of the things i did i guess my longest weekend for the training for the 50 was um i just went over to greenville south carolina and ran the greenville marathon uh a few weeks ago and then like the next day i did like 12 miles yeah um to back to back and like you know i've run marathons i did the jewel um but still running like 12 miles the day after a marathon is like it it you feel it on your legs pretty good. And yeah, I think that helped savage. me a lot. <laughs> totally. It was, uh, I, yeah, I was gonna say, I remember, I remember I hit mile 15 on that second long run I did. I remember yeah. thinking in my head, like I'll have 35 miles to go. Yeah. I, I was like, that just doesn't make any sense. But I, yeah, I do think that's like really, cause mentally, you know, like mentally during like a 50 mile or I mean, mentally during, any any race really you're gonna hit a point where you're like your legs are gonna be hurt so bad so that getting used to that feeling 
of running on tired legs is, is I think very very good, very important. I think it's especially hard when you when you have to push a pace like Jesse for you pushing the pace to get a two fifty seven or under three hours, like having the mental fortitude to just keep going and to just kind of push past those like what you think is your limit is absolutely insane. So cool. Yeah, I mean that's like that's the that's the big thing. Like I think mentally what I like to do is just under like try to get into the mindset beforehand, like convince myself of how hard this thing is gonna be beforehand. Because like I'll for example at that marathon that I qualified at grandma's, um, I was like right on pace, like running really well. But I get to mile twenty and like anytime you run a marathon, no matter how well trained you are, mile twenty it like starts to really hurt. Um and I can remember like hitting the mile 20 marker at that day on that day. And I like for a split second, my body and my mind was telling me to like, just stop and like, you know, give up kind of, but then like, I was able to kind of just think about like, no, like you didn't think this was going to be easy. Like this is always going to be hard. You, you got to just like suck it up for another hour maybe. And you're there. You've accomplished your goal. Um, but I like I had this like mental like back and forth with myself for like a minute or two, like right at that 20 mile mark. It was very much just like, dude, like, what are you talking about? Like, of course, this is going to be hard. Like, did you expect it to be easy? Like, no. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but well, I, was, yeah. I was able to get it done. I, that's kind of what I want to ask about next, too, was like expectation going into the race. And like Travis, you can probably chime in here, too. But, you know, did you go into 35 and the 50 thinking like, you know ultra marathons gonna be sick and i'm gonna love it and like it's gonna be the greatest thing ever like what you know what was your mindset going in and and maybe had that change during and after the day uh i guess like for the 35 i was just i was super excited about that one because i'd never done a trail race before of any kind um so to me i was like i was more anticipating like the trail aspect of it as much as the longer distance um because that actually like is a huge factor uh just yeah. a whole different surface and the unpredictability of it yeah also it was miserable weather that day yeah. too which <laughs> yeah it's it absolutely pouring pouring for like seven hours i think I we, were somewhat lucky. we were somewhat lucky with that so we ran georgia jewel was like the second weekend of september so north georgia i was worried we were gonna have like an 85 degree day like humid and yeah scary uh ended up being like in the 60s and just it rained the thing was it it didn't like necessarily even just drizzle like it rained for probably the first like five six hours of the day yeah. and then it was just like muggy kind of the rest of the day so not the prettiest day you couldn't see ahead but yeah at least we weren't miserably hot honestly i think it helped with chafing because i didn't chafe at all yeah i think it was just because i was so wet the entire time like, it was just very lubed <laughs> everything <laughs> yeah i don't like so we started the same, like the 35 mile and 50 mile that Pat and Travis did started at the same time, but like went different kind of directions to start out with. So I never really like saw them during the race, but so I don't know how y'all's experience was with this, but there was one point where literally my feet were splashing through like six inches of water for like an hour straight. Yeah. 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 Uh, You know what I was, I was uh, thinking about this the other day. So how you like you guys went basically straight on a trail the 50 milers we just did a loop um we did two loops and then we started the trail the 35 mile trail but there was a girl that was running with pat like kind of near 
us for a while and she had her headphones in at the start and this girl this girl goes wait you're telling me this is the 50 mile and she's like on her second loop so she's hasn't even started her race really yeah and then every aid station came by and they were like all the aid stations knew that this girl was coming they're like yo have you seen the girl the 50 the 35 mile girl now that's a 50 mile girl they're like yo that's legendary I, I still think about it. I'm like, did she finish? Like, I, I really yeah. want to know. I think they find. I think they told her she like couldn't. Like she, because there, uh, there was a pickup spot at like the thirty. There was a aid station at like the thirty-two mile mark, and I think, I think she had like a boyfriend picking her up at the. <laughs> she had like already like texted him and be like, hey, I screwed up. Like, meet me here. Because <laughs> I was like, you gotta go. Like, you just gotta finish it. She's like, yeah. she says something like, um, oh, like I haven't trained for this. So like, I'm using this to train for a fifty mile. I was like, dude, none of us have train for it let's train for this yeah which dude that that reminds me too i wish i have a better picture of it but travis and i were like sitting on the bus to like the start point because we had to do like a 45 minute bus ride and we we're kind of like we we're like literally strategizing we're like yeah we should like i think we're going to go out for like two hours like run and then maybe start kind of like thinking about walking strategy blah blah, blah. and and then like Travis Google's like how to run a 50 miler. And I kind of caught on the bus ride to the start yeah. line. <laughs> yes. I like caught us. I was like, what do we do? I was like, this is not the time to be Googling. How do you like how to run it? We were like looking for like a walk run night type strategy. Um, so, you know, have no fear. If you're, if you're trying to try to go run a race that you haven't run before, we're, we've all been there. So I think it's a good yeah, one. But so I guess I was going to say like with the, I think when people hear like running a 50 mile race, they imagine like, Oh, I went out for a mile run. So you're telling me you go do that for 50 miles. And it's not necessarily the case, especially with the trail ultra. Like, I mean, there are some savages out there that run these races hard and like have a very tough split, but I mean, I finished like over 13 hours. It's a lot of walking and running it was, or yeah, it's a lot of walking. Um, I, was, is that the same for you, Jesse? I know you, you so you ran a 35 miler, you ran it in like nine hours. Is that right? Well, so my like going back to like my mindset thing um signed up for the jfk 50 like way back in february like right when the registration opened because like i mean that was my goal for this year was to run a 50 miler i don't really know why i chose that i think like remember like that week was just kind of like a rough week for me like a couple of things happened that didn't get my way or whatever and i was kind of like bummed out and i saw that the jfk 50 registration was going live that week so like I remember like that one night I was up late doing schoolwork and I saw that it went live at midnight. So I just like went to their website and registered right there. I was like, all right, I'm in like, we'll see what happens. And so like a couple weeks later, I was like, all right, I got to figure out like how to run a 50 miler because I don't only ever done marathons before. And that's when I found the Georgia jewel, which is, you know, it's 35 miles, two months before the 50, the JFK 50. Um, so I was like, that'd be perfect just to like see what it's like to run farther than a marathon. Um, so like going into the jewel, I was like, didn't have any expectations. I was just going to see like, how does my body respond to anything over 26 miles? Um, so yeah, honestly, like I was just kind of looking for like, what is, what does it look like to, for an ultra marathon weekend? You know, like, and I, like, I had so much fun that week, like getting that house that we were in and making dinner and just hanging out up there in the mountains and then, you know, going and spending seven hours in the woods. This is blast. I think that's something that's like so underrated is just the like we've we've talked about it before, but the community side of it and like you know you do these races and the race is cool. That's definitely definitely a plus. But the thing that I really enjoy is getting friends together and 
going to these houses and making food and you know making a nice dinner together and that to me is like the special part and stuff that I remember the most not necessarily that my body was looted up for 11 hours but I do remember that <laughs> yeah I totally agree I think that's the, the fun part about doing like the kind of destination destination type one too because I mean it's yeah. definitely fun to run a race in your city but if you pick a fun spot and make a trip out of it with your friends and like loved ones like you know we Travis and I've talked a lot about going out to Arizona together and how, how cool that was but going up to North Georgia is the same thing like I yeah so much fun just cook, like yeah cooking a meal together we laid out all our food and nutrition together and again we're like oh we think we're gonna do this many gels like it's just fun to and then of course you get back and you recap so we crushed Chick-fil-A together which is glorious <laughs> yeah yeah it was, I mean and even like going to Boston this year I went with my entire family my parents my two sisters and um I mean it was just like a really great time because you know it was just me and my dad running but it was the first time all five of us had really like been on a big vacation or any sort of traveling like that really since like I had left for college 10 years ago yeah, um cool. so it's just a really fun time for us to just I'd never been to Boston before and just see the city hang out together and uh yeah it was it was just a blast and then yeah after spending the the weekend with you guys at the jewel i was just like even more fired up for the jfk 50 just because i had like i knew what it looked like to be at an ultra marathon event um i had done the 35 miler felt pretty good during that uh had a good race like you know pat mentioned i was able to top 10 which was pretty unexpected for me but uh just really fun uh and yeah so i was just like super fired up for the 50 um yeah and then again it was another kind of like destination style race and the the jfk 50s are just an awesome awesome race from a historical standpoint as well um it's the oldest ultra marathon in the united states um and so like it starts in the town of boonesboro maryland um which is a really really small town up like near baltimore and they have like a permanent like plaque on the street where the start line is because it's like a super super big part of that town's culture is this race every year and like they kind of turn out for it as well like not on the scale of like boston but this small town really really shows up for this thing um so yeah just like a just like an awesome event as well wasn't the jfk 50 basically a ploy from jfk to make americans not fat like wasn't that his his mindset behind it (laughs) yeah so jfk he like started all these different fitness tests that happened like all over the country i think there were multiple 50 mile races that happened i think there was you know like mountain hikes and things like that it basically like they were worried that the the russians were like in way better shape than us and so that they ever attacked us like we'd be we'd be doomed so he wanted to like they were like hey yeah here we go here's a good standard let's do 50 miles and what's the elevation of is what's the elevation of jfk it's it's relatively flat um it's i think it's a total like two thousand feet of gain um but that's all in the first six miles of the race (laughs) so it's like you start yeah you start out and you just go straight up a mountain and then you basically go down from there so funny yeah it's an interesting concept yeah go look up the history of jfk if you haven't heard it's pretty sick yeah and so like you know they had different names for all these races that were happening all over the country it was started in 1963 um but this particular race for some reason in the middle of nowhere maryland is the only one that is still run today like you know they had all these different events back in the day but 
I guess just with the years passing, they all kind of quit happening, except for this one just caught on and became famous. And they renamed it to the JFK 50 mile. So it actually, I found this out. It actually predates the term ultra marathon. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So like that, that, that term was not even invented until like later on. They used to call it the uh, JFK 50 mile hike. (laughs) Uh, And the people were like, no, we we need to run this. Yeah, well, no. So, like, it used to, I think the first couple years, it was very heavily, like, um, centered around, like, the military. So, a lot of, like, military guys would go out and do it. And I think they would basically treat it like a long rock or something. Yeah, they'd you play know? a rocket, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, naturally, when you get a bunch of guys on a 50-mile course, people just started trying to do it faster and faster and faster. And so, yeah. it became a race. And then they're sprinting it. Yeah. yeah. I saw a story the other day about the, uh, the record, the 50-mile record that just got broken. Yeah. I just pulled it up. It's Jim Walmsley. He ran in four forty eight. He's like our is... age, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jim Walmsley. He's like I think he's like thirty five or something. He's I mean he's, he's like he's the relatively dude. young. And what was, he, what was the time? Is a four forty eight, um, which is a five forty six per mile pace. For four hours and forty eight minutes. Four hours and forty eight minutes. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, the course record at JFK is uh five eighteen, I believe. By Jim, I think Jim Wamsley has that as well, or maybe no, uh, Hayden Hawks. I think Wamsley yeah. had it at one point, and then I think Hayden Hawks beat it a few years ago. But yeah, I mean, like five eighteen on that course is absolutely absurd too. Wait, I lied. So Jim, I'm sorry. Jim had the previous record of four fifty. Charlie Lawrence is the new guy. Oh, okay he's dude this dude looks like he's like 24 yeah i think he's I, was say, I think he's pretty young he's super young yeah but just like we talk about like the mentality of like you know getting in the headspace to run that i mean i couldn't even imagine stepping on that start line and be like i'm about to run this thing in four hours and 50 minutes like just drop a dime bag like that that's that's ridiculous man yeah that's that's insane i mean like from an elevation standpoint, it's not that difficult of a course. I mean, it's like, it's pretty beginner friendly from that standpoint. I mean, there's some elevation at the beginning, but then it's very flat the back half of the race. Um, but that actually makes it pretty tough from a mental standpoint as well. So the, uh, the first 15 miles of it are on the Appalachian trail. So it's very technical trail running. I mean, yeah. pretty unstable footing too. So trying to run super fast on that to begin with is difficult, much less at the beginning of a 50 miler. Um, so yeah, the first 15 miles are on the Appalachian trail. Then you get off that um, and you get on what's called the CNO canal towpath, which is essentially a flat gravel path that runs alongside the Potomac river. Uh, and you're on that for 26 miles. So a marathon essentially. Um, and then you get off that and you get on to basically these county roads in rural Maryland uh, for like nine miles to the end. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's like really cool because you get like a little bit of every type of surface. You get the the tra- technical trail running on the AT. The CNO Canal towpath is just a grind. And then uh, the county roads are, you know, you're just trying to make it to the finish at that point. Did you... Uh... Did you carry a lot of like fuel on you? Like, can you kind of, I think that's be a fun thing or interesting to talk through is, you know, how did you fuel and what kind of food was on the, on the trail? What was the best thing you ate? 
Yeah, they uh so I carried like I have my Solomon, you know, eight liter pack or whatever, you know, trail running pack that has two uh bottles in the front. So I kept like diluted Gatorade in one and water in the other one up there. And then uh I carried, you know, just a bunch of goose uh and honey stinger waffles. Um in my pack and then i just ate whatever was on the they had like that's the one thing about jfk is they're very well stocked aid stations they have yeah. a lot of them too like i think they have 14 aid stations over the course of 50 miles so literally there was times on like the canal towpath in the middle of the race where it's like you're seeing an aid station every like three miles and it's like i don't need more aid stations right yeah, <laughs> but yeah uh but yeah they had like really good stuff there too they had some fruit they had uh, you know, crackers, chips, uh, and then each one had its own, like, uh, like each aid station at that race has its own kind of like unique thing that they serve you. Like one of them, I think it was like around mile, like 27 or something. I can't remember exactly which one, um, this bakery from one of the nearby towns just like makes these custom cookies that they give you at the aid station. It's like, I don't know. They were awesome, but they were like, created for like jfk 50 mile on them and stuff and uh i don't know it just felt like a little bit of a waste to me it's like these runners dying just like shoveling things into their mouth and it's these beautiful looking cookies uh one of the aid stations i think at like mile 34 had a red velvet cake so they were handing out slices of red velvet cake um and the the rumor is that the last aid station at mile like 46 with like four to go uh, apparently in previous years they've had people handing out shots of fireball at that one. Yeah, but they did not have it this year because oh. I was looking for it and did yeah. not see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's your what's your favorite snack to get from an aid station? Dude, mile nineteen at this race, they had these grilled cheeses that were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was that was awesome, and then. I think like mile 42 they gave you just a cup of potatoes that's it. travis what did what did you carry on you for the jewel the jewel um ketones yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I if anybody it. has never tried ketone iq you gotta you gotta hop on that i mean i honestly think we could have we could have ran at least like 20 miles just on ketones alone yeah um, yeah, I just ordered some more. Actually, I'm uh, I really am a fan, dude. I went through my first however many bottles, and I just re up. Yeah, pretty cool. They're great. I mean, they they really like help. They help with everything. But uh, as far as like holding on my body, I had yeah the waffle the waffle stingers or the honey stinger waffles. Um, the goose. In past, especially with the Ironmans, I did a bunch of goose that were caffeinated, which you know. I, I do like those, but they end up making me cramp. So got a bunch of goos that weren't caffeinated. I think that really helped. And then, especially for the longer races, I, I like to focus on like trying to get some real food. So like, yeah, you know, try to get a banana. The aid station had the quesadillas. It was mm. by far the best quesadilla I've ever had in my life. Especially those were when awesome. Like, it was like cold and rainy, and just like, dude, I'm going to crush a quesadilla right now. Yeah. Did uh did that one aid station have bacon for you guys? Oh yes. In the middle that was of the so good. Yeah. I don't, so I, don't, nice. I don't know if I got bacon, honestly. I would, as soon as we get there, they had like the wontons and stuff, and I was just crushing. These, <laughs> that was okay. I, yeah, I think I might have missed bacon there, but that was that aid station. That was the 
like the 50k mark right like 32 miles in that's yeah. where we had like um our families were there so ansley and my mom were standing there and i was like i was like spiritually up i was like you know happy to see them <laughs> physically i was like not you know i was like hurting but i was like super happy to see him i was in a high a high spot and uh I went through the aid station that had like they had like oreos like a wonton and like i don't even remember what else ansley could tell you what i ate but i like popped them in like one after the other with my mom and ansley's standing there watching me and i'm like sorry guys like sorry you have to watch this right now but like anything goes and dude yeah whatever like real food you can take down on something like that is good but yeah i i did like they also they had like a tailwind which is similar to a gatorade it's just like a yeah. carbohydrate drink and i would do one carbohydrate and one just water um, in the past, I'd always like have sodium, um, like an element or, you know, something to get electrolytes in with my fluid. But this time around, I decided to do just like salt tabs instead. Um, and I kind of like that approach better because if you just drink, if you like drinking electrolytes constantly, your mouth kind of gets t- torn up and it's just hard to sustain. So I liked having all those salt tabs on me that I could just pop and, and stay on top of it. But I think that's like kind of an important thing to note is that you almost break it down into like a math equation. Like, all right, how many hours do I plan on racing? I need to make sure I get this amount of salt and this many calories in every hour to fuel myself. And yeah. um, you're just like eating and running constantly. Yeah, that's a, that's one thing I wanted to ask you guys. Now that I've done a 50 miler, you know, I had never done one when you guys did the jewel and I was doing the 35. But like, at what point, like, did you have any like big mental like low points? And if so, like, when did it come? For you guys yeah um after that 50k mark when we met up with the family and we got back on the trail everybody around me was getting back on the trail with a pacer and they're all like <laughs> spirits were high for everybody else and i was like i remember looking at caroline my girlfriend i was like you want to come <laughs> <laughs> and like i knew she was gonna say no and i don't i don't blame her for that but she was like, no, I'm not going. And I was like, it was like a crusher just just hearing it and then looking over and there's like people smiling running up this hill. And I'm like, damn, my feet are falling off. Like, I got to get out of here. Like, we kind of we've kind of played ourselves with that. Like we totally had the option to to like tell someone in advance, like, hey, do you want to run the last 18 miles of us? And for whatever reason, yeah. Travis and I just <laughs> didn't really do it. I think that is a, a helpful thing to do. If you can have a pacer, it'd be it'd just be morale booster right there. Yeah, like, that's that would have been yeah. so. So that that 30 that 50k mark the next like i think six miles were uphill in the rain um slow and just charging along. and knowing that you wouldn't see your family or anything else again like you wouldn't you'd have aid stations but you wouldn't be able to we had we got to see our family like the seven mile mark so we could grab stuff from him we saw him at the 14 mile mark so we grabbed stuff for him from him and then we saw him at the 32 mile mark and so last year I, I changed my socks there put more baby powder on my feet even though it was like super wet it basically rinsed off immediately um i was able to like refill whatever fuel like i wanted from them and then that was the last chance for like 18 miles so i remember telling my sister like i'll see you in like six hours because i was moving pretty slow at that point she's like no you'll be faster than that i was like no like i promise you i'll see you in like six hours and uh yeah so that that probably the next like three or so hours after that just like trudging uphill and was was pretty much a low point i didn't i think i gave my family my phone at that point too because so i wasn't really using it anyways and again it was just raining and at that point i was worried about you know ruining my phone just having the rain so um just no one really around me on the trail at that point no nobody and 
it's just nothing but rain. So sorry. It was, fun, it was a fun time just digging deep and, and just thinking through things. I gotta say yeah, this. That's and I know Caroline's gonna listen to this. I have no doubt that she would have crushed that 18 miles. So yeah. <laughs> she would have been fine. That's a good save. Uh <laughs> no, yeah, it was about the same thing for me too. I like I so I have my dad kind of crewing for me up at the JFK. Um, and he saw there's like a big true point aid station right when you get off the AT at mile 15. Um, uh, that's kind of the first time you're able to see your crew. Uh, so my dad was there, but like I was feeling so good. I was so fired up still coming off the AT. I didn't even stop. I just like kept jogging by him. Honestly, I was like, I got everything I still need. I feel good on clothes. Like I'm just going to keep going. So I didn't even stop. Uh, and I saw him again at mile 27. And I changed my shoes there. I switched from my trail shoes to my road shoes for the rest nice. of it. Um, and yeah, after that, like, I remember it was like mile 33, I think, is when it really started to hurt a lot in the legs. And I definitely, like, had some low points mentally just because a marathon, like, when, when it starts to hurt at, like, mile 20 or 22, you're thinking, like, okay, at most I have, like, I have, like, 30 to 45 minutes max, whereas – when I got to that point physically at JFK mile 34 or whatever, at the pace I was going, it was going to be over three hours until I finish. And I was like, that's a long time to still be out here. Yeah. Uh, it, it, in these longer races, it is kind of crazy, especially for the first time, you know, not knowing how much longer you have, you know, it was yeah. just like the unknown was, I, I, I kind of liked it though. At the end, I was like, you know, I don't know. I could be done in, two hours or it could be six like yeah, i really have no idea um but it, it kind of forced you to get into that mindset of just like all right well we got to grind it out now you can't can't stop so yeah definitely definitely a, a tough tough situation when you're staring at 20 some miles left yeah i mean honestly like if you want to get like kind of macro here for a second like that's what i love about I think that's why it's good to do stuff like that. And maybe, you know, not everybody's going to go run a 50 mile race, but just doing things that are hard for a long time. It's it's good practice because like uh, there's times you go through, like I know like the past couple of years have been pretty stressful and difficult being, you know, a full-time student and trying to recruit for jobs and stuff, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and a finish line. So you kind of just got to like put your head down and, and keep going. And yeah. I don't know, that's kind of, that's kind of what I enjoy about running these things and also like how it kind of helps me, I don't know, just put things in perspective when things get tough outside of running. Totally, dude. I think, yeah, putting things in perspective and then, and like seeing how you can adapt. Um, Cause like, like we're talking about, we're like, oh, 20 miles left. In some ways it's crazy. Cause you think you're like, okay, well I've done a 20, like when you're in those moments, you're like, okay, I've done a 20 mile run before. Like, I know I can do it. It's going to stink, but I can do it. But it's just crazy to think about that when you think back to like the first race you ran, like the first half marathon where you're running 13 miles and you're like, oh, I got four miles left. It's it's just funny how that perspective changes. I remember running the first marathon. I like blew up. I had like, you know, again, like that 19, 20 mile mark. And I was like, oh, six miles left. Like I can do this. And then again, yeah, it's like, um, you know, on the 50 mile of this year, I had 20 miles left, like, okay, 20 miles to go. Or like during the Ironman, um, I remember thinking like, all right, just have like a marathon to go. Like I, you know, I can do that. And um and uh, yeah it helps when you go out for like that next training run when you're just running but it just gives you a good perspective of breaking things down and how you can like solve a problem yeah. jesse so you've done multiple marathons 50 miler 35 miler 
what's what's next man are you gonna are you reaching for that that century that 100 eventually i will try 100 i don't know when i don't know if it's gonna be next year um i don't want to say someday that kind of goes against the the ethos (laughs) of this podcast you know someday never comes but uh yeah i i will i will try 100 just because i i kind of like this sounds a little weird to say, but like, I kind of want to like try something that I'm not able to finish just to like, see where that line is, you know, like, or at least just like give myself an opportunity to do something hard enough to, you know, maybe there's like a chance that I don't finish it. Um, Cause I think like, if you, if you don't like fail, sometimes you're not like pushing yourself hard enough. And that goes with like anything, you know, you have to, you have to kind of like see what you're made of a little bit. Yeah, the only way to do that is to sometimes fail. And that's where you know where that line is. Um, to do I like, you know, I I I don't know if like you guys have told this story of like like what Pat said at the end of the jewel 50, but we we're sitting there watching Pat finish. Uh, you know, his family was there and you know, all of us were there waiting on everybody. And Pat gets across the finish line, it's dark out. He'd been out there for 13 hours or whatever. And like I go up and give him a high five and he goes, guys, like I'm, I'm going to sleep on it, but I don't ever want to do that again. Dude, I and thought about that I don't know. so much. I was just like, man, like, <laughs> Dude, I was great. dead when yeah. you said I that. Like, man, this is, you know, I was thinking about how miserable I was like during the race and all. I was like, this just isn't fun. Like, it's just like, it's hard. <laughs> but, like, this isn't fun at all. And uh, yeah, I was like, but like clockwork like yeah. clockwork two days later he texts me and travis and he's like guys i'm glad i slept on it i think i can shave a couple hours off my time let's do it again <laughs> yeah and totally. you know, I, I felt the exact same way like the last several miles of the jfk i was like dude why like why, why can't i just like run a marathon like and just call it a day like that's pretty fun it's it's hard yeah. but it's not too hard why am i doing this and i finished i was like i don't know if i'm ever gonna do this again but then yeah like two days later i don't even maybe not even that long. I was just like, actually, like, I, I do want to do this again. That was, that was a good time. Totally yeah. Did. Um, yeah, my toes yeah, are I mean, still black. So are they I'm, really? still, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. My toe, all yeah, my toes are black. So. But dude, a hundred, hundred is insane. I mean, so, that is so long. Do you remember yeah. seeing the hundred milers on the trail? Like, yeah. Dude, some of those people looked like they were about to die. Seriously. No, like, for real, I I got, I think there's like probably five miles to go in my race. So I guess it also would have been five miles to go for this guy. He would have been at like mile 95 or whatever. Uh, but I came up across this guy and like, I legitimately thought about just like staying with him and like helping him get to the finish line because he looked so bad. Like, yeah. and he, he seemed kind of like disoriented. Like he didn't really know where he was. And like, it was a little a little sketchy there for a second, but I mean, he like kept moving down the trail, and I ended up seeing him finish later, like after I had finished for a That's little while. Sick. So, yeah, I like I like gave him a high five because like, he was finishing, and he had no idea who I was. Like he oh, did yeah. not recognize me at all because I had like stayed with him for like a minute or two just to like make sure he's okay. Yeah, uh, but he did not remember me whatsoever. I love it. Yeah, Travis, what about you? What's what's uh? You said you said you're still thinking about it. No, I, de- I definitely want to do 100 eventually. I don't know. I think once I move out to San Diego, I think it, it'll be uh, definitely more conducive to to training for 100. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely on the docket. I also 
really want to go back and do rim to rim to rim again. Yeah. Like actually get to the full, actually get to the opposite, um, to the north rim. And then there's some other ones, but when I, Jesse, when, when you brought up like doing something that's hard, I, you know, I thought of, uh, what's that, Pat? What's the race that you always talk about? The 240? Uh, Moab or, Moab, the, or the Cocodona one? Cocodona. That's yeah, the one. 250. 250. Yeah, dude. I'm like, that, you know, I think a hundred is obtainable. That sounds just way too far fetched. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and I've almost signed up for it like three or four times now. Like, I've been on the good side, like, filling out. And I'm like, I don't think it's, I want to do it. It's all, it, it all kind of is unfathomable, right? Cause again, like, you think about your daily kind of fitness routine, you might go out for a three or, you know, whatever, three mile run, a 30 minute run, an hour run. You think about doing that for like, a half a day like just moving for and if you talk about one of those 250 mile race or 100 mile race you know 100 mile race you're looking at like a 24 hour to like a 30 hour finish so you're talking about you know going 30 hours straight trying to move and cover you know 100 miles it's 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 hard to really think about it's um so i don't know man it's it's a it's a tough one for sure yeah. By the way, you guys talked, uh, one of your episodes, you talked about like getting a, a big crew together to go to do render and rim. I want to yeah. like officially be the first guy to like sign up for that. I'm okay. I'm so in. Dude, well, definitely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll add it to this. I'm pumped to say I've had like a couple people be like, yeah, I'm in. Like, I'd say I got like 10 like, people that have said that. Yeah. But I, say, really? I was going to say 10. So if you're talking about 10 different people, we might have like 10 or 20 people right now that yeah. sign yeah. up. So um, I'm really <laughs> pumped to. Uh, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to, as we get closer, really nail down some of the logistical elements of it. But I don't, I did. I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. I've, I've never been to the Grand Canyon anyway, in general. I don't think there's a better way. Dude, I remember the, the first time I went, me and my brother hiked like a mile and a half in and out. Um, and it was sick. And I remember just being like totally just blown away. Like the first time you see the rim and then you just, the vastness of the canyon is insane. It's literally jaw dropping. Yeah. And then going down and like crossing the river and just seeing the canyon from the floor, like it's unfathomable because you can't even see the river from the top to put it again to kind of put it in perspective. So, like, all of a sudden you go down and it's it's sick. So, I think it'll be so much fun to. And then, like, the surrounding area, Sedona, Flagstaff, Northern Arizona, Arizona kind of maybe gets a wrap of just being like a desert. Northern Arizona is like super special. It's it's insane. So beautiful. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's cool how uh i mean like running allows you to go to these places and, and do things like that and in, in those types of places like i would never have gone to rural maryland and gone to part of the at if it wasn't for that race but it's actually like a really cool area i mean like uh antietam battlefield like one of the aid stations was at antietam creek which is where the battle was fought yeah um, oh, wow. and there's like there's like you know statues and stuff like commemorating the war things like that it was a super cool place i just didn't know anything about that area before running up there yeah. yeah that's that's one thing that i wanted to focus a lot on is going to like doing some runs in some pretty sick places like doing one through zion bryce canyon stuff like that i think that would be it's just a new experience the different way to see it different way to experience like these cool beautiful natural parks that we have so it'd be awesome all right. Um, anything, anything else? Anything we need, we need to hit on before we wrap it up? What do we miss, Jesse? And I don't know. I think I 
talked about the 50. Yeah, I mean, the, the CNO Canal part of that, I just want to reiterate how long that, that section was. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, you guys are both familiar with Cochrane Shoals. Uh, have y'all both run there here in Atlanta? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, imagine Cochrane Shoals, like the gravel part of that, except, like, half is wide, and you're just running in the same direction on that thing for 26 miles in the middle of a 50. It was such a grind. Uh, yeah, CNO... and you're just looking at the same thing. Yeah, yeah it's the same. The CNO Canal comes all the way up through DC, and I've run oh, really? from my house. It's like two miles to get to it, and I've I've done a long run on it, and it is, it is so boring. Like it is just straight, usually flat, and it. Yeah, I I do not enjoy running on it. So I can imagine that when I when I finished the race, uh, the first thing I said to my dad was like that canal section was so brutal it was just so long and, and boring and my dad who you know when you're a crew at an ultra you're just sitting there for like hours at a time waiting on the runners to get there so my dad like being a runner decided to like jog a little bit up and down the cno and he said like literally verbatim he was like i can't believe you said that because i ran for like four miles on that thing and i got bored doing four miles <laughs> yeah yeah the, the the mental the mental fortitude it takes to to do that is nuts. Um, all right, let's do. I think I, I got at least two quick quick questions to ask Travis. If you want to chime in, go for it. Or if you want to add one, go for it. But um, first one would be what is uh what is your favorite like post race or post run meal or snack or food? I would say in general, in general, after like a big race, I just eat a big burger with, you know, big thing of fries yeah. and beer. Yeah. That's what I did after the JFK. Um, I would say like underrated though, is like Mexican food, just because for some reason, salsa after like a long effort, salsa for me just hits really well. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say like, I'm going to say first choice is like a burger big yeah. burger second choice if that's not available it's like mexican food that's good what about a burger with salsa Oof. now we're getting somewhere yeah, that's going gonna be to next on the list marry the two we crushed southwestern burger travis and i crushed mexican food and down in the day I, like night of after the fit the um the rim to rim rim i don't remember, i don't even remember what we ate i feel like there wasn't that many the, the indian restaurant <laughs> no not Wait, that was like the next day, though, not the same night. We like drove. No, that was like we, that was in France. The night yeah, yeah, up, yeah. we like stopped at a gas station and like went, yeah, you're right. I think I had like a bowl of cereal and went to bed. But the next day, we went to Sedona. We went to that Mexican restaurant. We each got like two yeah. lunch rays, and then we went to Flagstaff. Went to a brewery. Went to an Indian restaurant that night and ate so much Indian food. It was so good. Yeah, it, after after long runs or long races, I I'm not hungry at all. Really? Like it took like three hours for me to be hungry for that Chick Fil A after the fifty miler. Yeah, I just. Oh yeah, I mean it. It took me like four hours after the JFK to get to where I could eat anything solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it, I think you imagine like oh, I'm gonna eat like so much, but yeah, I mean yeah. I had like a the, we had milkshakes after uh, the jewel, which were great, and like I, I had like a Chick Fil A sandwich, but that was it. I think I, I don't think I went too crazy. What about um? What's uh what what are you listening to on a on like your on the long run? What's your go to jams? Dude, I don't listen to anything. Never. 
I'm a, I'm a no music guy ever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I, actually, that's another thing. At, at JFK, they explicitly prohibited headphones wow. of any kind. Like they would have, they they threatened to like pull people off the course if they had headphones in. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah, I, I like. I don't know. I just like. I've never really gotten into the habit of listening to music on runs, and you know, maybe that makes me a little bit of a, a sicko or something. But uh, I respect it. Yeah, I, I I don't like to carry my phone or like have things in my ears. I just get like, I don't know. I just don't like the way it feels. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Jesse, one one more. Do you have a do you have a book recommendation for everybody? A book recommendation. Um. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have read the uh, the boys in the boat. Have you either of you guys read that? It's on my list. I got two very very good. Right I'll, I'll I'll send you one, Travis. I got two sitting right here. I got I got a copy. Oh. Yeah. That's uh, okay. Highly recommend. Highly recommend that. That's what uh, Pat mentioned briefly that I I rode through at Auburn um, yeah. on the club team and like I read that book and I was like I have to try this and so that's why I started rowing crew um that's sick but yeah it's a it's a really great uh story about like teamwork and you know if you played sports growing up like being on a team of guys and you know accomplishing a goal and being an underdog um really good and then my other favorite book is uh endurance which it's kind of a play on words but uh it's the name of a ship the Ernest shackleton expedition yeah um that is a really great book as well yeah, that one, I, I I listened to that. I did Audible on that um, on deployment, and it was yeah, that was wild. Just an absolute crazy. Well, I think like the craziest part about that era of like exploration is how these guys would sign up to go on these voyages for like multiple years at a time. Yeah, knowing like they weren't going to be back for like three plus years Most if everything went well. Back. Yeah, yeah, like if if everything went perfectly, you're going to be gone for three years um most of them died like would have died and stuff but this particular one like somehow they all survived and just the way they went about doing that was was crazy yeah that is a great book wow i totally forgot about that that's that's awesome the last thing i want to ask is um which which was harder your grandma's marathon so running in a boston qualifying marathon time or the 50 miler um good question i would say i would say the uh 50 was harder yeah um just because you're out there for like so much longer and like i mean for the last 20 miles i did not feel that good my feet were hurting pretty bad and still had to you know keep going i i felt amazing in the grandma's marathon to like the whole time so uh, it didn't really like feel as difficult in the moment Jesse, it was it was awesome having you on, man. It was uh, super fun running the jewel with you, and, and then also just getting to hear about your races. So, look forward to more to come. Um, you know, whether the next one for us be in the Grand Canyon together or something before that. So, thanks again, dude. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on, and looking forward to going to the Grand Canyon at some point soon. That'd be awesome. Let's go, Team Sonico, baby, Grand Canyon edition. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, Try get some uh, get some shirts, get some shirts made, some hats or something, <laughs> and represent it out there. Hell yeah, Swag, swag's incoming. We'll, we'll be getting it. We got some, we'll get we we'll get some more braces coming out here soon. Nice.
Yeah, I uh, I took a few up to JFK and I like I did pass one out to this guy that I was running next to you. I had one in my pocket, a bracelet. That's sick. Um, I had more in my pack that I was going to hand out to people, but I was just trying to survive during that race, and so yeah. I just kind of forgot to Probably hand. Probably not, out. not the first thing on your mind. No, okay. no. All right.